go ahead and grab our Bibles this morning. We're in 1 Peter chapter number 4 as we're continuing our series that we've entitled Under Pressure. And we're looking at the Apostle Peter writing and ministering to Christians who have received Christ, obviously, as their Savior, but now they're under pressure because the world they live in, much like today, the world we live in, was against God. And so these people that now are being transformed by God are running into these elements of friction and difficulty and pressure in their life. And the Apostle Peter is sharing with them truths from God about how they can remain faithful and steadfast as they engage every day in their walk with the Lord. And you know, things haven't changed a whole lot. Even though we're some 2,000 years later, we as believers still many times struggle to live consistent lives in a world that pressures us from all around. The devil desires to get our focus off of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he wants to use the traps and the snares and the pressures of this world to try to throw us off from truly looking to him and trusting him and living for him. And so this morning, as we continue to dig into the book of 1 Peter, I hope that we'll be encouraged as we look at suffering but confident, suffering but confident. Again, we're in 1 Peter 4. We're going to begin reading this morning with verse 12. And if you found your place there and you're physically able to stand, would you stand with me out of respect for the reading of the Word of God? Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice as much as ye are partakers of Jesus Christ's sufferings, that when he glory, when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. So this morning, we're going to learn about suffering, and we're going to learn about the pressure and difficulty that we go through here in this world, and we're going to learn how as believers to still be confident in our walk and in our relationship with the Lord even as we go through times of suffering. So let's pray this morning and let's ask God to minister to our hearts in all the ways that only he can. Heavenly Father, undoubtedly there are many in this room that are going through various different forms of suffering. It's very tempting for us to sometimes just give up or maybe even to charge you falsely and to question you and your work in our life. And Lord, we know this is the temptation of our flesh. We know this is our tendency. But God, I pray that through your spirit, you would reassure us this morning, that you would give us confidence in who you are and what you're doing because of your truth. And I pray that whatever suffering we might be going through, that we would trust you enough that your will is right and that we can lay those burdens on you and that you would help us to bear 
many times the load that we are under. Lord, we're so thankful that you desire to minister to us in this way. Now be with us as we work our way through this passage of Scripture. Speak to us through your Spirit and through your Word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Suffering is probably one of the things that the devil tries to take advantage of in our life the most in order to put us in a position in our life where we lack confidence. Suffering brings a lack of confidence. I remember reading a story. It was a driver who was driving through Texas, a New Yorker, and they collided with a truck carrying a horse. A few months after the accident, they called in to try to collect damages for injuries. How can you now claim to have all these injuries, asked the insurance company's lawyer. According to the police report, at the time that the accident happened, you said you weren't hurt. Look, replied the New Yorker, I was lying on the road in a lot of pain, and I heard someone say the horse had a broken leg. The next thing I know, this Texas ranger pulls out his gun and shoots the horse. <laughs> then he turns to me and asks, are you okay? <laughs> and when you're going through suffering or prospective suffering, it can give you a lack of confidence about how to even carry out decisions in your life. We see this even throughout Scripture as people who are not like un unlike you and me went through times of struggle and suffering and difficulty, and as a result, they showed a lack of confidence. I, I think of Elijah. How many of you remember the great prophet Elijah of the Old Testament? And of course, he had that wonderful victory on Mount Carmel, and he slew all of those prophets of Baal, and God provided this fire that fell from heaven and consumed his sacrifice, and he proved, you know, his faith and trust in God. And then just a few verses over, he's in a cave as Jezebel, the evil queen, is threatening his life, and he's lacking confidence, just saying to the Lord, take my life from me right now. And that pressure that was in his life produced a lack of confidence, that suffering produced a lack of confidence. I think in the New Testament of who it was spoken about, Jesus even said was the greatest ever born, John the Baptist. As he's in prison and he's looking at the prospect of becoming beheaded, he sends his disciples to go to Jesus and ask Jesus, are you for real? Are you really the Messiah? And in that prison cell, there was some lack of confidence as he was going through suffering. And I'm not one to think I'm greater than John the Baptist. I'm not one to think I'm greater than Elijah. And certainly during times of suffering in my life, it has produced at moments a lack of confidence. And Peter, as he's writing to these Christians who are under intense pressure, he's writing because he knows that their confidence might be shaky and he wants to give them some things, some truths that they can lock their confidence around. So this morning, as we go through this passage of Scripture, I hope that we, through the Holy Spirit, will look at Scripture, at these truths that Peter shared with these Christians some 2,000 years ago, and we will also embrace these truths. So as we go through times and moments of suffering, we will have confidence in what God is doing in our lives. So let's look together at this passage of Scripture this morning. As we do, I want to first of all draw our attention to this truth. We can have confidence through suffering 
if we are prepared for suffering. We can have confidence through suffering if we are prepared for suffering. And that's what Peter says here in verse number 12. He says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. And we do. We do. We do. We think many times we're the only ones who've gone through that type of hurt. Or we're the only ones who've suffered in that particular way. And it throws us. And many times we're unprepared for it. And, and many times, especially in modern day American Christianity, we think, well, if Jesus saved me, now I'm not supposed to endure any hardship. He saved me from all of that. He saved me from my sin. He saved me from my guilt. He saved me uh, unto eternal life. And by the way, how many of you are glad he has saved us unto all those things? But we, we think he's also saved us from any hardship or difficulty or trial that we would ever experience here on earth. And we become confused and disappointed and, and disgruntled whenever our lives face the friction of difficulty, whenever we come under persecution. And if we're not careful, we can even run into the temperament where we're blaming God. How many of you know that when Job was going through his great trials of affliction, even his own wife came to him and said, curse God and die. And now you've got Elijah in a cave that we just mentioned, just take my life. And, and we give up and we say, I'm confused and I wasn't planning on suffering. And, and Peter says here in this passage, don't think it's strange that you suffer. How many of you know it doesn't take long to turn on the TV, to open a newspaper and realize we all right now, real time, are living in a sinful, dark, broken world. And there is pain and suffering that's happening all around us all the time because that is the consequence of sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is what? And all of the suffering that goes along with that. So think it not strange concerning the suffering and the trials that you are going to go through as though some strange thing has happened unto you. But the problem is, is we do think it's strange. The problem is we hit some bumps and we're like, oh, I can't believe this is happening to me. And it takes us by surprise. And that surprise the devil uses to his advantage to discourage us from continuing to walk faithfully in the Lord. If you're married to another human being, if you're friends with another human being, if you're a family member with another human being, if you're a church member with another human being, how many of you know whatever relationship you have with that human being is going to run into some snags and difficulties and struggles? Don't think it's strange. Run to God. Do you realize that as you live for Jesus in a lost, sinful, dying, and broken world that you're going to run into people that don't like you because you love Jesus? Hey, do you realize not everybody loves Jesus? There are a lot of bumper stickers out there that say otherwise, but not everybody loves Jesus. And they're not going to like you sometimes if you love Jesus and live for Jesus and stand for Jesus. What do you do? You run to his word. You run to his spirit. You run to your family of God. You get comfort and strength from the promises and the resources that God has given to you. I mean, don't think it's strange that these things happen. The whole Bible is full of examples of why we should not be surprised that we go through difficulty. Jesus 
told his own disciples, the world hates me, the world's going to hate you. The New Testament writers wrote, all those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. If there's one thing that you can have confidence in, it's that you're going to suffer. Well, thank you, Pastor, for this incredibly encouraging message this morning. You're blessing my heart. Hey, how many of you are glad if you're a believer, though, there'll there'll be a day where Jesus will wipe away all tears forevermore, and there'll be no more suffering, and there will be no more pain, but we're here in this lost, sinful, and broken world, so don't think it's strange. And the reason why people get thrown off is because they are so surprised when they encounter suffering in their lives. But we're going to learn here in just a moment, don't be surprised and angered and disconnected from God. The next verse gives us instruction of what to do when we're suffering, and it says rejoice. Now, how many for you, you've got a lot more work in your life like I do in my life to get to that point where every time you suffer, it's like, yay, let's throw a party, (laughs) right? And how many of you will pray for me and I'll pray for you in that? But we know it's possible in the spirit to respond this way because I want to tell you something. God never commands us to do anything that he's not able to accomplish through his spirit in our lives. And we can come to a point of peace and understanding in the will of God that when we're going through times of suffering, instead of losing it, and instead of giving up, and instead of throwing in the towel, we can respond with a heart full of joy and anticipation and expectation of how God is going to use that suffering. Because that's what Peter shares with these struggling, suffering Christians next in this passage of Scripture. Notice, he shares with us that we are to be prepared for suffering, but if we're going to have confidence in our suffering, we also need to understand that there's purpose in suffering. There is purpose in suffering. That's why he says rejoice. Notice verse 13. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed... Ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. What is Peter sharing with us? He says, everybody suffers. You know, here we are as believers and we're suffering. And listen, I'm not trying to minimize anybody's suffering. I know there are people in this room, you're going through great suffering. You're going through great pain. You're going through great loss. And I'm not not speaking to minimize any of that, but I am saying that it is our tendency as believers to get a little spoiled and entitled. And anytime any little thing happens to us, we find ourselves in some dark corner of a room somewhere having a pity party for ourselves. Like, why did this suffering happen? I wasn't expecting this to happen. I can't believe God is letting this happen to me. And what Peter is saying is he's saying, don't have that attitude. Don't have that response. That'll eat you up and spit you out. How many of you know you can get caught in such a vortex and cycle of despair and disappointment that it's hard to even pull up out of that stuff? 
It gets so dark and gloomy and difficult. And, and God is saying you still have hope even if you're suffering because as a believer, your suffering isn't in vain. Your suffering has a purpose to it. And what is that purpose? It is to glorify God. You know, you can hide a candle in a containment vase and it can block out some of that light, but as soon as that containment vase is cracked and broken, then that light shines through. And many times our life is like that vessel of light. And the light shines more clearly through our life when it's broken. How many of you know that Jesus had to be broken to accomplish his ministry of grace in our lives? And as believers, many times our lives are broken so that as it's cracked and fractured, the light that's in us comes out. We spoke about last week that when we're under pressure, whatever's under pressure, what's on the inside comes to the outside. And when we as believers go through times of difficulty and trial and suffering, we are in a unique opportunity to let Jesus come out of our life where we can glorify him in such a way that other people can literally see Jesus in us, that they can see Jesus in us. And Peter says, there is purpose in your suffering. How many of you understand? Sometimes we suffer and it's hard to find the purpose in it. Like, why did this happen and how could this happen? And how could God get glory from this thing happening in my life? And I want to tell you something. I think people watch people who are suffering. When people are suffering, when they're going through a hard time, People can't help but gravitate their attention toward that. That's why the news makes so much money. Parading all the suffering and strife and pain that goes on and people tune into it because it's, you just can't pull their eyes off of it. And people are drawn to that and they're drawn to how people respond through that. And if we have Jesus in us, we have the opportunity to respond through that time of suffering Faithfully, we have, time, we have the opportunity to respond through that time of suffering with joy and with gladness and with the grace of God. And as people observe our time of suffering, then they're able to see Jesus in us. We understand that when we're going through time of suffering, it's easy for us to hide out on our own. How many of you, you just want to get in a corner and lick your wounds when you're suffering? Kind of the way I am. In fact, you, there's probably many of you that are here today. Something bad happened this week. Something bad's going on in your life this month. You're going through some form of suffering. And, and I bet, I bet as you got up to come to church this morning, there was something inside of you that said, man, I just want, let's just stay home and cry today. Let's just stay home and just rest today. Let's just stay home and take some me time today. Let's just stay home. And, 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 but, but let me just say this, as a believer, as a believer, with other people who are connected in your suffering as we should be in a family, when you come and you're faithful and you're serving and you're a blessing, even through your time of suffering, people see that, they notice it. It's a testimony to Jesus in you. And what it does, it exalts our Savior and glorifies him. And Peter's saying, listen, this suffering that's in your life, it is on purpose. And it's not the suffering that everybody else goes through. Look how other people suffer. Look at the reasons other people suffer. That Peter gives us here. Notice this. He says this in verse number 14. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory of God resteth upon you. 
On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. Now notice this, but let none of you suffer like other people. Let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. This is the way the world suffers. They don't have purpose or attachment to the Lord. They don't have a way of glorifying God through their life. So what is our world full of? What does our world suffer with? Murder and strife and envy and backbiting and thievery. How many of you know everybody in the world suffers? But Christians suffer with a purpose. Whereas the lost and sinful and dying world suffers at the hands of their own consequence and misery. Murder, strife, and thievery. And what I like about this verse of Scripture is it talks about, notice, the weighty, what we would call the weighty sins here, as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer. And I like how he sneaks in there, or a busybody. (laughs) Meddling around in men's matters. Hey, how many of you know to God... Uh, Being a busybody and a backbiter and a gossip is just as dangerous and harmful as murder is. Even the New Testament says, if you have hatred for your brother in your heart, you've murdered your brother in your own mind and your own heart. And this is the way the world suffers. But we as believers, we don't suffer as those or grieve as those who have no hope. How many of you are glad if you're going through a time of health where you're not sure if you're going to live or you're going to die, you're not suffering as someone who doesn't have eternal life? You have eternal life. How many of you, if you've lost a loved one and they've gone to be with Jesus, you don't grieve as someone who has no hope? In fact, I mention it today because we're commanded to comfort one another with these words that Jesus is coming again one day. And those that are alive and remain shall be caught up together with those that go first, those that sleep, and we will be together with Jesus. How many of you find comfort and hope in that truth from Scripture? You see, we don't suffer. We don't grieve as those who have no hope. We have purpose in our suffering. Are we glorifying God through our suffering? How many of you are like me? You'd rather not suffer and glorify God. But the reality is, I wouldn't be in my Christian life if I didn't go through trials of my faith. The trials of faith that I've gone through have helped me to step out by faith and go further for the Lord and trust him more and put more of my life in his hands. So we see there's purpose in suffering. We also see that Peter, as he writes to these Christians who are struggling and suffering and encouraging them to continue in confidence, he says, you can have confidence through your suffering when you realize the purifying of suffering. When you realize the purifying of suffering. You recall that earlier on in our study of 1 Peter, that Peter said these words, the trial of our faith, that suffering is much more precious than gold. Why? Because it refines our lives. When we're put in the heat of the fire of trials, all of the dross, all of the impurity comes to the surface where it can be skimmed off and done away with. And God refines our life many times through trials as we become closer to him and put our faith and trust in him more. And through those times of trial, he fashions us and he shapes us to look more like him, to be made more into his image. See, there's a purifying in suffering. Notice what Peter says about that as we look at verse number 17. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. 
And if it first begin at us, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? This is what Peter's saying. He's saying the trials that we go through as believers on purpose, according to God's plan, those trials that we go through here on earth help us to long for our home in heaven. Hey, how many of these past two years, now pay attention to me, how many of you these last two years, the things that have gone on have made you as a Christian long more for heaven? Three of us, okay. Well, I'm glad there's three people saved here this morning. It's a blessing. <laughs> how many of you know when you're going through suffering and pain, you, you have a loved one that goes to be with Jesus, you're going through health trials, and you're like, I don't know if I can do another day. How many for you as a believer, your hope's with Jesus, and you're like, hey, heaven's looking sweeter every day. And it is. I'm not saying God's done with us here yet, but that trial purifies us. The Bible says that that hope of Jesus' return purifies us even as he is pure. So there's a purifying nature to these trials and suffering. It detaches us from things here on earth and it points our attention toward things that are in heaven. The older I get, the less I even want things. They're like things. They're trouble. They're problems. They break on you. They cost you more money. They hurt you. And they're just not worth it many times. How many of you are like, the older you get, you realize that more and more. And you just long for heaven. You just long for heaven. There's a purifying aspect to the suffering. Hey, these Christians that Peter's writing to aren't worried about their next trade-in value on their car at this moment in their time. It was a joke. I mean, you know, there's no cars back then. <laughs> they're not worried about, you know, what outfit they're going to buy or purchase. They're, they're, they're just getting through every day. They're struggling and suffering, being persecuted. They're outcasts. They're strangers. They don't have a home, many of them. They've lost their jobs. They're, they're, they're just trying to be faithful to Jesus under immense trial and suffering. And Peter says, doesn't that make you long more for heaven? Doesn't that detach you from the love of this world and make you love Jesus a whole lot more? Aren't you glad he's coming for you? It purifies us. Now, those that don't know Jesus, it doesn't purify them. In fact, what Peter's saying here is that this lost, sinful, and broken world that's full of despair is the closest to heaven they'll ever get. Imagine that. Imagine this world we live in right now being the closest to heaven you ever got. But you know, people who don't know Jesus try to make heaven here on earth. They try to make it through the way that they live for the pleasures of the flesh. They try to make it heaven through the things that they can gather to themselves. They try to make it heaven through all the comforts that they can try to appease their flesh with. And that's their whole world. It's the closest to heaven they're ever going to get. But for the Christian, it purifies our heart and mind. And the more we become pure and the more we become more like him, the more we're willing to give of ourselves to say, God, use me in whatever way you can in your ministry and in your service to glorify you. To glorify you. How do we have confidence through our time of suffering? We need to realize the purifying of suffering. Lastly, and we'll be done. Peter writes to them and talks to them that they can have confidence through their time of suffering because they can have peace through suffering. They can have peace through suffering. Notice with me verse 19. Wherefore, let them that suffer, and notice this phrase, according to the will of God. Now that's the key right there. Now there's a lot of things that we can do in our flesh outside of the will of God where we're just sowing and reaping. How many of you understand the Bible tells us you're going to reap what you sow? 
And if we're sowing a bunch of stupid things here on earth, then we're going to reap the consequences of those things. And let's just be honest. A lot of the suffering that we go through is not the plan of God. It's because we got ourselves into a mess. It's because we made decisions against God and we got ourselves into a mess. But if we suffer according to his will, we have hope still in that. We have peace in that. Why? Because we can trust our souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Hey, how many of you are glad that we serve a faithful creator? How many of you are glad the sun rises every single morning? And every morning, the Bible says that that sun rises, his mercies are new. Every morning that that sun rises, his mercies are new. So we should not be in despair if we're in his will. Now, if you're outside of his will, be afraid. Have the fear of God. You don't want to be outside of his will. Look at a world that's outside of his will right now. Look at the mess that they're in. If you're outside of his will, be afraid. Be very afraid. Well, I've told that God is love. I don't need to be afraid. Be afraid. Be afraid. Be afraid. You don't want to be outside of the will of God. How many of you know we've lost the fear of God as people today? We can think we can do whatever we want to do. We can live whatever whim we want in our life. We can wander outside of the will of God and there's no consequence for that. No, 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 no. But if you are in the will of God, what joy and peace and comfort there is that exists regardless of whatever else is going on in the world. There's wonderful peace through suffering if you know that you're in the will of God. Why? Because we can trust our souls to the faithful creator, the one who brings the sun up every morning, the one whose mercies are new every single morning. So are you suffering this morning? Let me answer that question. Yes, you are. Can I ask you another question, though? Is it shaking your confidence? Are you perplexed? Are you disturbed? Are you worried? Are you frustrated? Are you disappointed? Are you dejected? Don't be. Rejoice. Why? Because you need to realize something. Be prepared for suffering. It's going to happen. Don't let it take you by surprise. Realize that there's purpose in your suffering as a believer. Point people to Jesus. Understand that suffering brings purifying into our life. You're no longer longing for this world. You're longing for heaven. And your attachments are there and your love is there and your service is for Jesus. And then have great peace. Even though you're suffering right now, have great peace through that suffering. Why? Because if you're in the will of God, there's not a single thing that can happen to you that God doesn't intend to happen to you. And if it does happen to you, God has a purpose and a reason and a plan for it, and we can trust our souls to the faithful creator.